Yo, what's up? This is your boy John from colderice.com, and you know where you're at. You're on the spot. You're listening to the 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Podcast. Peace, man. I'm out. (laughs) Welcome to Episode 28 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast. We have some great calls, live blog content from the TJR team, and a night with internet marketing numbers guru Jeff Ramsey from eMarketer. So let's podcast. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever and wherever this podcast finds you, thank you so much for joining us for episode number 28. It's great to be back. As I mentioned on the last show, we have a ton of great audio content backed up, including an interview with Andy Cernovich, the word-of-mouth marketing guru, and David Meerman Scott, author of a great new book called The New Rules of Marketing and PR. So we'll try to keep the shows coming up quick. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. Every week or so, we cover the latest and greatest in internet marketing, how to get more traffic to your website, and how to convert that traffic to leads. And we also try and have a little bit of fun, and we cover new technology and new things that we're discovering on the internet. If you like the show, please subscribe over at iTunes. I find that's the easiest way to follow podcasts. Just go to iTunes. It's uh, you know googleitunes.com or go to apple.com and click on iTunes. Download the free software. You don't need an iPod to listen to iTunes. And when you subscribe to a podcast, you'll get the podcast downloaded every time we create a new show. It's automatically sent out to your iTunes subscription. I have a ton of travel coming up, and I always like to talk about where I'm going to be, so hopefully I can meet some of you out there on the road. I just returned from the Rocket Place Conference in Las Vegas, and this week is Inc. 500 in Washington. I'll see Shashi Belamkonda, who you heard on the last show. And um, Blog World Expo is the following weekend, September 19 through 21 in Las Vegas, and we'll meet a bunch of our friends out there. Are you in the New York area? October 5th will be in the Big Apple for Social Media 2008. It's a new show from our friends at Affiliate Summit. There's only 300 spots for this one. So if you're thinking of going, act quickly and get, you know, reserve your place at Social Media 2008. You can find that at AffiliateSummit.com. And November 11th is Webmaster World's PubCon. That's also out in Vegas. Um, So I'll be back out there to hang with some of the top search engine optimization experts in the world. As always, all of the links to these shows are right on the 10 Golden Rules homepage, so please let me know if we'll find you uh, at one of these upcoming shows. We love your participation in the show. So if you've been listening for a while and you've been thinking, you know, I'd just like to call and say, hey, please give us a shout. Um, You can use our 24-7 digital answering service and call anytime The number is 206-888-6606. Add this number to your cell phone. So, you know, if you're listening in your car or you're listening when you're out and about on your iPod, give us a call, give us a question, give us a comment, share new technologies. I absolutely love when I discover a new tool for internet marketing or a new technology, something that's going to help make my internet or computer use more effective. And that's one of the things we love to cover. So put it in your, your cell phone. 206-888-6606. Easy number to remember, easy number to call. First up this week, we have a call from Brad Anderson. Hi, Jay. This is Brad Anderson. Your podcast is fantastic, and I'm just now caught up on the latest ones. My question is, is do many of your listeners use eBay for sales? Uh, I created a tool that your eBay listeners may be interested in, twibbler.com. It enables Twitter as a channel for your eBay items. You put in your Twitter username and password, and then your eBay username, and voila. Any new eBay listings will automatically be posted to your Twitter account. That's uh, twibbler.com. Thanks for the amazing podcast. Keep on keeping on. Hey, thanks, Brad. Thanks for joining the conversation. Uh, Twizzler.com, if you're an eBay person and you're on Twitter and 
God, you should be on Twitter if you're listening to this podcast. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go to twitter.com slash Berkowitz, and you can see all the folks I'm following, and you can check out microblogging, and Twitter is certainly the hottest in the space of microblogging. And if anyone goes as far as using Twizzler, I'd love to hear how it works for you. Next up, Corbin Links. Hello, Jay. This is Corbin Links with MobileBusinessOwners.com. Uh, again, this is actually my second call today, but I wanted to thank thank you again for just the phenomenal work that you're doing out there in the internet marketing and podcast space. Uh, just a fantastic learning opportunity for those of us out there listening. I do have a question. As I kind of delve more deeply into internet marketing for some of the businesses that uh, I'm involved with right now, I'm kind of coming across a lot of mention of seminars, and in my particular industry of identity and access management, I haven't really bothered to attend many industry events, uh, rightly or wrongly, in the past few years. And I'm really looking uh, avidly towards some of the internet marketing and search engine marketing uh, types of opportunities that are out there for seminars. And I have two questions. First of all, uh, of all the seminars that you go to, and certainly you uh, attend a great number and you speak at a great number of them, which two or three uh, of the annual shows do you find to be of most practical use? Uh, and I'm thinking specifically in terms of the connections that you meet, uh, where you find the best networking and joint venture type opportunities arising. And the second part of that question is, uh, do you know of any central list where one can find all of the search engine and affiliate and kind of internet marketing related industry events. I'm really kind of looking for something that breaks it down by geography, both domestically here in the States and then also internationally. With our businesses, we travel quite a bit abroad. So we're interested in anything here, especially in the West Coast and then outside the country, particularly in the Western European zone. So any help or suggestions you or other members of the 10 Golden Rules community have uh, regarding those questions would be most appreciated. Again, keep up the great work. Uh, as I'm listening right now to your Beaver Dam podcast, I think that's just great that you're doing something like that for the Beaver Dam. It's a beautiful country up there. Thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Corbin. Thanks so much. That's a great question. And I get asked that often because I'm obviously traveling around to a bunch of the trade shows and speaking at at many of them. And the the second part of your question is, is there a great list out there of all the trade shows? I don't believe there is. There have been a couple efforts to do that. And there used to be a site we used to register some of the American Marketing Association events on. So if anybody in the community knows, give us a call, 206-888. 6606. Is there a great list of all the trade shows? I think I'll put this list that I'm going to give you now up on the website. So at least we'll start a list at 10 Golden Rules. Now, the best way to answer your question, and and I get asked this question quite a bit, what are the best trade shows depends on what you're looking for. And since there's a bunch of shows, why don't I give you my top 10 list? And if we're doing a top 10 list, let's go to the official audio Signature of 10 Golden Rules, Natalie Gilman. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Golden Rules. So the number one um, show I'll cover, and these are not in order of preference, these are just uh, one to ten. If you're looking for the biggest, broadest industry shows, AdTech has the biggest shows. They have several all around the world. The two biggest are in New York and San Francisco. I would recommend the West Coast show if you're based in the West, like you are, Corbin. And I I find that I just make easier business connections at the New York shows because we're based on the East Coast of Florida. Doesn't mean we don't love to do business with people on the West Coast, but there's the time difference and everything like that. And it just seems that it's a little easier to do business on the coast that you're uh, more familiar with. Ad tech tends to be the publisher shows. So it's very important if you're in online banner advertising, if you're with one of the networks or one of the publishers, if you're with Microsoft or AOL, you'll probably be very comfortable at ad tech and you'll find a lot of the folks that are doing the kind of business you're doing. Not that they don't cover search and they don't cover conversion and analytics and all the other things we talk about on this show, but ad tech tends to be publisher heavy. 
The number two shows I'll talk about is Jupiter Media's search engine strategies. Again, big shows, many locations around the world. Um, they tend to be the corporate search shows. So a lot of times you'll, you'll find a VP of search from a big corporation and they have a big trade show floor, a lot of sponsorship. Uh, the conference portion is excellent for education. They do a really good job putting great panels together. And that goes back to the original programmers, Danny Sullivan and Chris Sherman. However, Danny and Chris have left and broken off and formed their own shows called the SMX Search Engine Shows, and that would be our third um, set of shows to check out. Very excellent, very well attended by the in folks in the search business, SMX Search Shows. Number four, and again, these are not necessarily in order, but by type, Webmaster World is an amazing show because the real SEOs, the programming search geeks who really do this stuff hands-on go to this show. And part of it is because of the roots. It was originally called PubCon, and it took place in a pub. And it was only networking, and it slowly evolved. I remember in Orlando, I think they had one day of conferences um, about four years ago, and, and they've built the show up over time. And now it's a three-day conference and trade show, followed by a Friday afternoon and evening in the pub, where, which is the original PubCon party. And a lot of business gets transacted in the pub at PubCon. Number five, you've heard me mention the Affiliate Summit several times. I really, really like this show. Uh, the affiliates are hands-on internet marketers. It's really down to earth. The sessions are good. The parties are good. The networking events, they're very approachable. So if you're a first-timer, um, a lot of times people feel comfortable the first time they go to Affiliate Summit because the parties aren't too corporate. You can get invitations and you can really uh, network at this show. And, it, and it's run by Sean Collins and, and Missy, and they do a great job really making it approachable and, and, and available for everybody. If you're also in the affiliate space, you probably want to check out CJ University or the LinkShare event in New York. Commission Junction CJ University holds an event every year in Santa Barbara. And if you're on one of these networks, it'd be great to go to their network event. Number six, if you don't have a corporate budget, you definitely want to get to a bar camp or pod camp. A lot of times the same speakers at the big shows are at the regional bar camp or pod camp. They're amazing shows and they're organized by volunteers. They're free to attend. And the only cost is, uh, you know, sometimes there's a small cost, but for the most part, the local organizing committee will get a sponsor to cover the cost of the facility. So check out bar camp or pod camp. Search in your area. There's some great shows in Boston. There was just a, a bar camp here in Miami. Um, there's a great show in Nashville and a number of uh, Bar, bar, bar camps and pod camps in New York, uh, podcasters across borders. Um, essentially, they're organized by the committee, so they're free to attend and really, really great sort of networking, really great way to meet people who are really doing it in your area. Number seven, I have to mention South by Southwest. It's become a super hot show for the social media and interactive community. It takes place every fall in Austin, Texas. Number eight, there's a couple really great social media shows or Web 2.0, organized by O'Reilly Media, Inc., and Tim O'Reilly coined the term Web 2.0. So the Web 2.0 Expos, again, there's shows around the world. The biggest U.S. shows are held in New York in the fall and on the West Coast in the spring, and then they do a Web 2.0 Summit in San Francisco coming up this November. Number nine, I'll be attending my first Blog World Expo in Las Vegas. I think it's the second year of this show, and the New Media Expo just happened in Las Vegas as well. And these shows are specialized in blogging and podcasting. And if you're into this space, I think those are the shows for you. Now, I'm going to have to defer to association shows for number 10. The Direct Marketing Association does a number of great shows, including their big conference, the DM Day show in New York, and the local Direct Marketing Association events are fantastic. And the reason direct marketing works in this space is because internet marketing really is direct marketing just taking place in the online environment. The internet is so similar to the strategies and tactics of direct marketing. It's all about measuring what you do, interacting, developing a database. So the direct marketers tend to do a really great job, um, you know, transitioning into this online space and have a ton of great online content engaged into their shows. The American, American Marketing Association does a really big show and uh, nationally as well as, you know, really great job locally 
in your local marketplace. And a lot of times you'll find the same speakers speaking at an AMA monthly event that you would have to travel to uh, find at a national conference. But the beauty of it is you can find them locally at your local association. The other tip I'd give you is really get involved with your local association. There's so much more to be gained by being a member of your local IMA, which is an interactive marketing association, or your local American Marketing Association. I've built so much experience and, and so many great relationships being a part of the American Marketing Association and the South Florida Interactive Marketing Association and SEMPO, which is the Search Engine Marketing Professionals Organization. I totally encourage you to get involved, volunteer, and uh, participate as well. So that's um, the top 10 list of shows. Next up, Dan Caradano. Hi, Jay. This is Dan Caradano with SurfPet.com. I'm actually calling you about... Uh choosing a URL for my new site. I want to do an affiliate site with uh, one of my uh, favorite college football teams. And I wanted to know what you would recommend to uh, do to pick that domain name. I don't want to just go out there and pick what I see first or what I think is good. Do you recommend any books or what do you recommend as far as picking that domain name that's going to have to do with my college? Anyways, if you also could email me the uh, when this podcast will air, my email is info. Add. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. The simple guideline for selecting a domain is getting it as short as possible, so it's easy to remember, and if possible, a .com is better than a .net and, and better than a .biz. But, you know, a lot of times, if it's, you're doing something that sounds like this is a passion-oriented type of website, you could, you know, maybe get a .org or something like that if you're forming a club or, or, or a .biz is just fine. Also, if you're a Canadian company, you might want the .ca, or if uh, you're in Britain, a .co.uk. Search, uh, search for a domain name at godaddy.com or moniker or network solutions. And a lo what, this is one of the things that most people miss when it comes to looking for domain names. If GoDaddy says your domain's not available, you should still search that domain name by typing it in to the website URL bar. And a lot of times, those websites are inactive. For example, we've purchased dozens of websites on behalf of our clients who are developing a new business line. And sometimes they might pick one of those four or five domain names and build out that website. The other three or four are just sitting there for a year until they expire. And I'd be very happy to um, you know, maybe transfer that just for a, a little convenience cost over to someone else. Uh, good friends of mine, uh, who we interviewed on this show, got the domain name Flatiron Media just by asking the domain owner. So just because a domain isn't available at the registrar, somebody might own it. Have a look at that domain. If it's just a links site or if it says it's under construction, go to the who is information in the registrar uh, on moniker.com. It's very easy to use their who is information. Type in the domain name. If the domain name doesn't come up, it says, see who owns this domain. Click on that, that link, and you'll find out exactly who owns the domain, what registrar it's registered at, and nine times out of ten, there's an email address there for the owner of the domain. You may be able to acquire a domain. Um, now, if it's something like you know business.com, obviously that's worth millions of dollars, and you're not going to be able to get that as a transfer. And if it's something a little bit more specific, it might be available for purchase. We're actually going to cover domains and setting up a website in the next segment. And this is kind of neat. So if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll remember a call from Lucas Kufodontis. He offered to be the 10 Golden Rules intern. So in the next segment, we're going to walk through the setup of a new website. And Lucas is going to walk us through as he builds the site. He's actually a, a pretty good web developer. He does this professionally for a living. And he wants to learn more about the marketing and promotion of a website. So his internship will be uh, will help him a little bit with marketing and whatnot. And he's going to teach all of us a little bit about the component parts of building a website. And so let's listen to the first of a series with Lucas Kufodontis, the new 10 Golden Rules intern. I'm here tonight with Lucas Kufodontis. And if you've listened to a couple shows ago, Lucas called in and volunteered to produce a, a content segment with me. And his idea was to be an intern on the podcast. And together we'd coach him through and we'd develop a website that you could watch him develop. 
Lucas and I have talked for a little bit, and he shared with me some of his credentials. I don't think he's exactly your average summer intern, <laughs> but, but Lucas, welcome to the 10 Golden Rules podcast. Thank you very much, Jay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? You've done some website development. Yes, I have. I have an engineering background as well. I also manage a computer network at, at my regular job. I work for the state of New Jersey. It's not a marketing deal, but I mean, uh, I, I am a little bit computer literate, as you can say. So, for the most part, I could help you with some marketing ideas and website marketing, but clearly, technically, you're probably more advanced than me. <laughs> That's great, though. I don't want to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what you want to accomplish, because I think your goal is to build a website, correct? That's correct. And what are you thinking of? Are you thinking of something for experience, or are you really looking to make money? What's the main objective? Actually, I would love to be able to create a marketing website to show people how to do what we're just talking about, how to create a website, exactly what we're talking about right now. Like I said, just the experience itself would be great. Uh, I think everybody is clear. I, I think I'm clear. I'll just sort of restate it. It's number one, to just get the experience, build a marketing site, and share with people some guidance, and then have a little bit of revenue opportunity. Yes. I guess the first step after that, you're going to need a website domain. And you, you said you did some poking around, right? Is That's there, correct. Is there a domain name that you found or a name that you settled on? Well, I found one called Marketing Ropes, and that was available, and I, I registered it. I figured might, might as well use that. So, like, learn the ropes of marketing? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Okay, good. And where did you register the domain? I registered it at GoDaddy, and... I have an account with GoDaddy. I mean, if anybody wants to register with anything, you actually have to create an account with them. So just walk through how, how easy or how complex it is to register a domain for people who've never done it before. Actually, it's not that complex. What I did was I, I uh, registered with them, and once you do, you can register. Uh, I'm sorry, you can uh, get a domain name for approximately $10. It's actually 995 but when you go to check out, they ask you for a promo code. If you do a search on Google for promo code, you'll find a bunch of them that will say $3 off, and you can actually put in that promo code, and that will save you 3 bucks. so you get that domain name for $6.95. That's a great suggestion. I often share that tip with people. Whenever you see that box, and you know if you're online and you're buying a book or buying an iPod or buying a flight, and it says, do you have a promo code, just go and Google iPod promo code or American Airlines coupon code and a lot of times you can find an affiliate who has a promo code and that way the affiliate will make a few bucks and you'll get your discount. So that's a great tip to share with everybody. Sure, a couple dollar savings is okay, right? So, hey, it all adds up. So you've got your domain name, you've, you're in, did you buy any of their hosting services? Like, Are you going to host the domain there as well? or are you Actually, I don't use GoDaddy's. I, I register with uh, Bluehost. Bluehost is actually has what they call um, cPanel, which cPanel is a whole bunch of scripts that all you do is pretty much just push a button and it creates a lot of the things for you. Bluehost also allows you to register unlimited domain names. So what that means if you just have uh, multiple domain names, you don't have to host with different companies, hosting companies. You could just host with that one single company and it only costs you that same amount. Very good. I think the next piece of it is figuring out a website plan and your content plan. Have you done any of that work yet? Yeah, I would like to do it as a blog because I've been reading a lot, a lot about how blogs are actually indexed by search engines a lot faster than websites. So if uh, the content is put up on a blog, I figure uh, the, the search engine will be there a lot quicker than a regular website would. We've actually been a big fan of Blogger in the past, which Google bought Blogger. And it's really easy to use, but I, I think for some reason Blogger hasn't been doing as well in the search engines lately. I used to see a lot of terms that we had in our blog outranking our website, but it seems to be reversed these days. Hmm, okay. um, another option is WordPress. Are you familiar with WordPress? Actually, that's what I, uh, I plan on using is WordPress, but not on WordPress.com or .org is actually use WordPress on my own domain. I think what you're talking about is you're going to use back-end blogging technology, but you're not going to have at blogger.com or at wordpress.com. You're going to actually just point that blog at your domain name, right? Correct. So that's one of the easiest things people can do to have a website, and it can look pretty much like, a, like any other website, right? You can format it. 
Um, you can have links to different pages, and it can function like a website, but it's as easy as update, to update like a blog. And for those who don't know, updating a blog is almost like sending an email. It's really, really easy. You just put a title, a subject line would be in an email, and add some content, and you're off and running, right? That's correct. And actually, the, the, the good part about that is that you don't need any special software. You can actually do it right online. Yeah, because all the software is housed over at the blogging engine. Right. Okay, great. So most websites need a little bit of a plan, and you always want to figure out your strategy and do your planning before you go and build something. You know, what are, what are the component parts of the site? Have you thought about what some of the product parts are and what's going to build the pages of the site? Well, I planned on doing a, uh, each blog would be a, a separate section of the next step of the whole, uh, for followers, pretty much just follow what they're going to be doing if they decide to do it. Great. And you can have a comment section? Absolutely. Okay, so I'd love fo folks from the podcast and listeners to come say hi and uh, check out the site and see, take a look at it as Lucas builds it, and we can make it sort of a virtual 10 Golden Rules uh, place where people can hang out as well. One additional assignment I would give you, if, if I can give you assignments, that you may intern. So. Sure. Are you familiar with Word Tracker? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, great. So either use Word Tracker or Keyword Discovery. They're great tools for figuring out how frequently people search keyword phrases. Okay. And as you're building some of the content, writing some of the blogs, writing some of the pages, it'd be great to include some keyword phrases that are highly searched and not that highly competed for. And as well, if you've been following on the podcast, and I know you have, we've had a couple calls about a new product in the Google AdWords, and they're now showing you how many times people search different phrases as well. Okay. So if other people want to try this out, you can use a combination of either Word Tracker, and they have a free tool you can use to get started, Keyword Discovery, and you can also use Google AdWords, which is the regular Google paid ad campaign, and you can put in keyword phrases, and it'll suggest a bunch of other keyword phrases and show you approximately how many times they're searched on the Google network. And with Google making up over 60% of all searches, it gives you a good feeling for which phrases you want to include in the words on your pages. Do we want the most popular words or the least popular words? Well, you actually want a blend of two things you want. You want to find words that are highly searched, but you want words with less competition. So okay. Word Tracker shows you both how many searches and how many competing web pages have that exact phrase. So I know on the 10 Golden Rules research we did, the phrase search engine optimization is searched 2,208 times in a 24-hour period. But there's over 94 million competing web pages that have the words search engine and optimization somewhere on a page. So what you're looking for are phrases that are slightly longer with less competition. So for example, the, the keyword phrase search engine optimization companies Florida. So just adding those two words. It's only searched 22 times a day, but there's only 24 other competing sites according to WordTracker. So what, what that gives you now is a phrase with very little competition. And it, for our company, we're based in Florida, so it's one of many more specific terms that will give us a much better chance to rank quickly in the search engines. So instead of competing with 94 million other sites, we're only competing with 24 other sites. So you're just singling in on that location by you? Yeah, well, you can single in on location, or you can get more specific with products. You know, there might be a term like small business search engine optimization company. And certainly for the work you're going to be doing, you're going to be looking for phrases that sort of fit with the theme. So starting a website, registering a domain name, building a site plan, and stuff like that. And then you'll find slightly more specific phrases that don't have as much competition. Might as well start with selecting a few word phrases that are, are going to rank quicker in the search engine. I understand. If you do a little bit of keyword research and then start sketching out the first five or six pages of the website, and just basic stuff, you know, about us, contact us, the, the basic sort of pages that every website has, and then uh, maybe start thinking about maybe naming the lesson plans or however you're going to sort out the initial pages of content that you develop. That would be a really good exercise for the next week or so, and then we can get back on again and see how you did. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks so much. This was a neat idea, and I'd love to hear from people. You know, Let us know what you think, and if you have any ideas that you want Lucas and, and myself to try on this new website. And 
come out and comment. What's the domain name again? Marketingropes.com. Okay, just R-O-P-E-S.com, marketingropes.com. That's correct. Thanks, Lucas. Great to finally connect and finally do this. Thank you, Jay. So thanks so much to Lucas. This is going to be a really interesting segment. Check out marketingropes.com. The site should have something up in the next week or so. And, um, you know, it'll be cool. Like, we'll all learn and watch as Lucas builds this website, and we coach him through some of the marketing things to promote it. Next up, let's hear from the team at 10 Golden Rules with the Live from the Blog segment. Each week, they share the news they're covering on the 10 Golden Rules blog. Here, first up, is Michael. Hi, everybody. This is Michael. And I'm here to let you know that Google has partnered with a number of newspapers in North America and began to digitize old newspapers. These files will be searchable and browsable exactly as they appeared in print with photos, headlines, articles, and advertisements just like microfiche. To utilize this new tool, use the Google News Archive search and see what comes up. I tested moon landing and read an article from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in 1968. Hi, this is Susan. Recently, Google launched its own web browser, Google Chrome. I personally find it to be really useful. As far as features go, the navigation bar works also as a Google search bar, and as you type, you'll see related search queries and even domains to visit that are either the number one ranking organic Google search result or pages that you've recently visited relevant to that query. This means that if you are a company that wants to rank for a specific term, it's to your benefit to be in the top number one spot, which now will mean the competition will be tough if you're in a niche that is competitive. Online branding for your company also becomes even more important since typing a company name in the search slash navigation bar should automatically come up with your brand name as a URL suggestion. Being that Google Chrome just came out, there is a lot more room for improvement, such as being able to add extensions and other plugins to make the browser more personalized for the type of user you are. I'm definitely looking forward to that. If you haven't yet, learn more about Google Chrome and its features, including videos about each one by going to google.com slash chrome. Hi, this is Catherine. Today we're going to talk about where to be in the top rankings. Where to be in the rankings has certainly come under scrutiny. Eye Tracking published a study on their blog last week showing the eye tracking patterns between 2005 and 2008. Over three years, they've tried to say that users have changed how they search. In 2005, the study shows that searchers would look through the top 10 results, patiently reading through the SERPs before finding the one they like. In contrast, their 2008 searchers fixated on the top five results, and many of them in this study only clicked on the top three results. And if they didn't find what they were looking for, they refined their search. Now, while this study is certainly thought-provoking, 30 participants isn't a large enough study to conclusively deduce that searchers only gravitate towards the top five results. However, it does give SES something to think about. I, for one, would like to see more of an exhaustive study to conclusively determine if 2008 searchers are really ignoring the results below the fold. This is Michaela. This week, Facebook will be phasing out its old layout in favor of the new Facebook. The new site features tab browsing for applications as well as a new look for profile and home pages. Before this week, users were able to choose which version of the site to use and were able to share comments about the new layout. Due to the high volume of users trying out and sticking with the new site, Facebook will be phasing out the old layout and users will have to use the new version. Meetings in second. Hola, ¿cómo están? Es Guillermo. Hi, how are you? This is Guillermo. Now we're going to talk about GoToMeetings. I was listening to the MacBrave podcast by Leo Laporte and they mentioned that GoToMeetings.com is now available for Mac. I really recommend this great teleconferencing tool. For those who don't know about GoToMeetings, this application developed by Citrix is a web conferencing tool that allows you to meet online rather than in conference room. This is the easy, easiest and most cost-effective way to organize and attend online meetings. 
Patented technology enables co-workers, customers, and prospects to view any application running on your PC and now for Apple Mac users in, in real time. With the flexibility to meet in person or online, you will be able to do more and travel less. Your meetings attendees can easily join your meetings in seconds. They just click on a link in a mail and that's it. For more information and to get 45 days trial, just type go to meetings.com and enter the code GOLDEN and get your free 45 days trial. Ciao. Thanks, Guillermo. We use GoToMeetings every day at 10 Golden Rules. Sometimes we're running two or three meetings at the same time. It's really an amazing product. We're able to conduct a meeting, show people our webs, you know, show people our, our computer screen, basically. I can walk them through a PowerPoint. We can go live on their website. We can go live into Google Analytics or Google AdWords and show them how their campaign is performing. And as uh, Guillermo mentioned, GoToMeetings sponsors this podcast. So you can get a free 45-day trial. There's nothing to it. Just go to GoToMeeting, that's G-O-T-O, meeting.com, and use the coupon code GOLDEN. And we wouldn't be promoting this if we didn't love this product. It's really, really great and easy to use. The next section features our dinner with Jeff Ramsey. He's the CEO of eMarketer. He's also the de facto expert on web stats and web trends. And we asked everyone at a small dinner to quiz Jeff with a really tough web question they had for him. Now, the restaurant was quite loud, so the audio isn't perfect, but we, we did as much as we could with the levels. So, you know, you might want to adjust your volume a little bit and follow along because you don't want to miss anything that Jeff has to say. He has absolutely the latest research information from all the different research organizations. He sums it up and puts it in a succinct and easy-to-follow manner. So here's our dinner with Jeff Ramsey from eMarketer. We're here with Jeff Ramsey, and I apologize. It's, the audio is probably terrible. And hopefully we can scrape enough out of this to play this on a show. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here. Jeff's going to speak at the South Florida Interactive Marketing Association, American Marketing Association, and Direct Marketing Association. Combined event, it's sold out, and it's tomorrow night. And uh, he's down in Florida, and we're just having dinner with some folks the night before. And we're going to ask everyone to ask Jeff a question. But first, tell everyone a little bit about eMarketer and how you guys got started and how you, you built up your name. Sure. Before eMarketer, it was a bunch of guys who had a advertising agency. This was back in the, uh, I guess, mid-90s. And at the time, we were building websites for our clients, and the reason we were building them for our clients is because they asked us. We really didn't know. They didn't know. Everybody just had to build a website back then. This is kind of the craze that we see with certain trends now, like social networking. Got to have a social network strategy, whether you figure it out why you're doing it or not. But anyway, one of my partners suggested that instead of just building them for our clients, we build our own website for ourselves. Novel idea. Yeah, except that it was going to require my time and energy. So I asked him, and what would this website be about? And he said it would be a portal for everything about the Internet for business people. And I said, oh, gee, nobody else is going to think of that. He was very convincing, and I wanted to keep getting paid. So I said, sure, let's, let's do it. And I set about researching about this Internet thing. What, who's online? What are they doing? And the more I researched, the more I found that none of the numbers made sense. All the different researchers had different numbers, different ways of measuring, and it was very confusing. And I essentially wrote about that in what I would call a primordial blog, you know, before blogs were blogs. People responded to that. They got very excited, and then they started emailing me about it. And it was from that excitement that my partner suggested the next step, which is to write the first e-marketer report, which was kind of a scary proposition because there's already... So he, he came up with the bright ideas, and he, then you yeah. had to do all the work. All I did was execute. You had to do all the writing. Yeah. So I sat in my uh, house and pulled myself up for a few months, and I wrote the first e-marketer report, which is a shadow of you know what we're doing today. But you know, I, I, it was covering everything about the Internet, uh, e-commerce on a worldwide basis and in about 30 pages. So describe what eMarketer 
is and what the business offering is, because there was a, l- a little bit of confusion here at the table. Yeah, a lot of people. What, what's for? Sorry. There's a ton of great free content, and then there's a lot of extremely valuable paid content. Um, how do people access it, and what what's there? It's a good question. We have a pretty simple model. We have a free newsletter uh, at www.umarketer.com that anybody and their uncle can get for free, and it comes every day. Um, I even read it myself. I've been known to do that. That's yeah, funny. I, I read our blog because yeah. everyone in the company blogs. And if I miss something at the water cooler, I find out that you know Google just launched Knoll or something like that. Yeah, you, you got to be there to, to play the game. So that's kind of a, a freebie. I can go just about anywhere in the world, and there'll be some people in the audience who know who the marketer is because of that free promotional newsletter. That's awesome. Right. And really what it is is a taste of or a preview of what you get when you pay for the content. And it's essentially a subscription model where you get access to, you know, 70, 80 reports a year, plus uh, a database of all the statistics that are out there uh, covering everything about where Internet meets marketing. Hence the name eMarketing. We're going to ask everyone to ask some questions, but just before we do that, maybe give us a top line on some of the things. You're going to cover some of the leading trends and information tomorrow. Can you give us a little bit of the headlines? Sure. The, the Internet's big. <laughs> I interviewed Dave Barry in the last show, and um, he's a comedian in best-selling books. And he said, "He said I was I was researching the internet for this show, and I found out there's a lot of porn on the internet. I highly recommend it." <laughs> he, he told it funny. So some of the trends that I'll be covering tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to be uh, covering a lot of different trends, and I'm more uh, positive on some than I am others, and. The two that I'm probably most excited about or that have the most long-term opportunity for marketers are online video, which I'm telling you, look at the Olympics today. I mean, our TV is not set up because we just moved. We are watching the entire Olympics, all five of us crowded around our PC. That's the way for the future. Of course, I'm not saying that we should all be sitting in front of our PCs, but people want to watch content any way they want to watch it. So video online is going to be Do you think it's the flexibility of... You can watch what you want, when you want. Oh, absolutely. Or is it business video, like in video to convert? How, how important is that? It's, it's both. We like watching video online because it's it breaks that space-time continuum. I don't have to wait for prime time, and I can do it anytime and anywhere, really, if I have a mobile device, I can download it. It gives the people the freedom that they're going to get anyway if you don't provide it, somebody else will. So what are the other business applications? Why does that matter to a, you know, a small, medium-sized business? There's two or three basic uh, strategies with online video. The most basic to me is what salesperson doesn't know that if you show up in person, you're going to get a better sale than if you do it over the phone or you send a letter, right? Video says in not just words, it says it in sight, sound, motion, and importantly, emotion, just like television. But then it adds an interactive component. I don't know why you wouldn't want to combine those elements. You pr- you persuade people, whether it's in a consumer situation or a business-to-business situation, much better when you have video because it's pictures tell a thousand words. And, and if you think about it, even if you're a consumer packaged goods company, uh, a demonstration of your product, which a lot of them, you know, Procter & Gamble was doing demos on TV for years, but then you take Blendtec and you add humor and uh, entertainment to it where they blend everything, including an iPhone in the blender to show how strong it is. That's essentially pushing the, the prime uh, differentiator of that product. It's reinforcing its its critical differentiator. Blendtec sold 100,000 blenders since they started blending everything from golf balls to iPhones. Amazing story. Exactly, exactly. And it, it's not that everybody's going to have a one-away success like that. It's just that you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't have a video component of your product or service online. Even if it's just having your salesperson, your best salesperson in front of the camera, walking you through it and giving a human face to it. I'm really passionate about podcasts, as you might have guessed. I, I as, wonder why. As a user as well, though, because you know I can listen to a podcast when I'm commuting, when I'm working out, when I'm walking my dog. I'm listening to this one while I'm eating dinner. <laughs> Amazing how that works. One of the things that I talk a lot about on the show is that people consume content differently. Some people love video. Some people love to read online. Some people love to print stuff and read it. Some people love podcasts. How do you think that plays into what you're talking about with video? Like the d- 
different people will choose to learn or to consume content or to Absolutely. shop differently. One of the things we've learned, and this is no big secret, is that when a new medium comes along or sub-medium, because you know we had the internet and it didn't displace television. In fact, television viewing is up. Video comes along. It doesn't mean we don't watch television anymore. It's just another element in the mix. What it does mean is increasing fragmentation. And you may not like that as a marketer, but guess what? That's the reality. So you have to be there because if you're not, somebody else will be there and you'll miss an opportunity to market to people. So you said there was two trends you wanted to point out, video, and the second one is? Drum roll. I, I would say social networking, and not because we figured it out. We haven't. In fact, I, I'll be making a lot of pot shots about social networking tomorrow, but I do think the, the component of communication with others has a huge opportunity written all over the face of it for, for marketers. But we have to walk very, very carefully through this path. We've seen a number of missteps from Facebook and MySpace and so on. I do believe that with the right combination of video, the right combination of targeting and opt-in, permission-based kind of marketing programs, we will figure out how to make uh, social networking and marketing come together. Are there some examples or statistics of how business is making it work? I think what we see are a lot of attempts to break through the clutter. One of my favorites is, uh, I can't believe it's not butter. And essentially, it's a webisode about this, this heroine who represents, I can't believe it's not butter. I don't even know what the, pro you know, it's this fake butter. Uh, <laughs> and it's, all of, it's, it's done in the form of a soap opera. It's, it's, it's done by Unilever. Right, and remember, in the '30s, you know, this is what goes around, comes around. They sponsored all the soap operas. Well, they're essentially doing that. So it's exciting to see Unilever creating this content that's kind of funny and irreverent. It's a butter opera. It's a butter opera, exactly. And you see, you know, Dr. Dill pickle in the fridge, and when the lights go down, the passion goes up. It's you know, it's all that kind of stuff with the, with the horrible uh, soap opera Bad kind music, of yeah. organ music playing in the background. But you know what? The point is that they're trying something, and they're breaking through, and they're able to do things for their brands that they can't do on a, on a standard television set. And then, then, again, there's that interactive component where your brand enthusiasts uh, can share that with other people. Hey, check this link out. Uh, I found this very funny. I'm going to ask you the last question, but then we'll take some questions from the folks here. The last question I ask everyone is, uh, is there something you've discovered personally that you're using for business productivity, a software or a website, or, or even something you're doing for fun or blogs you're reading, podcasts you're listening to? That's a good question, and it comes back to social networking. LinkedIn and Facebook. I am all over Facebook. My kids almost disowned me when they found out one of them is a teenager, and they're still very upset. When, I, when my minister was on Facebook, I knew I was in trouble. But seriously... And, and that's for fun yeah, or for business? Both. But I did it originally for a business reason because I can't talk about the internet trends unless I'm out there doing it. Live it right? But but as in, in doing it, I found that I got a lot of enjoyment out of it and I was able to connect with people when I wanted to connect with them much faster than if I had to go look up an email address or you know, some other form of, of you know, a telephone book. And and they I think they still exist. Anything new, any any blogs, any podcasts, anything you love? Any books you're reading? I'm trying to read less and less books about the internet and more and more books about just business in general, so I'm kind of blank on internet-specific books. And I think one of the problems that we have in the internet space is we get caught up and we think the internet is everything. One of the things that helped me get along with this whole internet thing is that I had a very good branding background, 17 years in the ad business. So we can't lose sight of the, the marketing basics. Thanks, Jeff. And we'll do questions now. So this is Cheryl Cattell from Blue Green Resorts, and my question is, given all of the copyright material that is showing up on YouTube, do you think that there is a possibility that there'll be a crackdown, like there was on Napster, for example, where the network televisions will come in and say, clean up this material or pay us X million dollars? That's a tough question. Part of me wants to answer from a libertarian kind of standpoint and say that Let's face it, guys, there's always going to be the Internet and digital just allows for so much 
freedom of information and other kinds of material. And as we ratchet up our abilities to filter that and so on, then other people find new ways to get it up there. I think this problem is going to plague us for a long time, but I'm not smart enough to predict you know, how it's going to end up. Sorry, that's not really answering this question. Seth Godin said it well. He said, digital wants to be free. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I'm saying from a libertarian standpoint. It wants to be out there. And it's similarly, you know, Once from the marketer standpoint, there, yeah. from e-marketer's standpoint, we're looking at data from all these different research sources. We don't create our own research studies. But most of what we're getting is already out there. And so that should be okay. And it's similarly, if a blogger picks up something that's out there on the Internet, they should be able to reference that, I think, within reason, as long as you're not completely replicating somebody else's business. I a follow-on question. You know, I, I think about, like, NBC, for example, and I've just spent a whole bunch of money sending cameramen over and crews and equipment, and I'm seeing, you know, outtakes from my broadcast showing up on YouTube. And I think that I, maybe as a, as a broadcaster, have a responsibility to do a better job of offering my content in bite-sized pieces, anytime availability. And that's, and that, that's just the point. What, what NBC did right was they got together with Fox and created Hulu, which is a fantastic uh, concept where it's a treasure trove of television shows that are not only from today, but go back 30, 40 years. I'm going to be talking about this tomorrow. It's very exciting because it's really a different business model and it's a different product offering than YouTube. I go to YouTube ostensibly to catch that two or three minute video of, you know, somebody's dog or, you know, or Michael Phelps or whatever. But if I want to watch a full length TV show, I'm not going to go to YouTube. They've cre- what they've done is instead of trying to beat them down, they've they realized if you can't beat them, you join them. And so they created a, what I think is a better business model for content that's their own or through partners. And I think that's a smarter way to attack the problem, not try to sue everybody. Did you hear that, Viacom? <laughs> our, our, our next question comes from Nicole Governal, who asked a question and was recently on the show at her previous job from Proactive Training, and she's now with... This is Nicole Governal with Hops. And Jeff, I have a question for you. With all the changes that are going on with YouTube and the social networks and everything, how do you at eMarketer even determine where to do the research and what you're going to report on? That's a a good question and something that we're always wrestling with. We have a whole team of researchers as well as a team of analysts. And because we're not tied down to our own survey methodology or, or technology or whatever, we can look at all of the data out there and, and glean from that what, what is an important trend. And what we're looking for to, to determine what's important is when we see convergence. When we see a number of research companies through different uh, uh, survey methodologies, maybe talking to different people, looking at things from different angles, essentially coming up with the same uh, issue or concept or, or long-range projection, then we can feel more assured that that's probably what's going on. And what we're trying to do is essentially shed light on those things that are getting the most heat. But it's by looking at everything that we can do that and not being tied to our own methodology or research. I use a personal rule of threes. The first time I heard about friend feed, like, okay, i got to check this out maybe. And then, then I heard about it a second and third time in the same day, and I'm like, okay, this is hot enough. I've got to understand how it works. I've got to understand where it's playing in the social media space. So it sounds like the same thing. When I, when I, three different things converge in my world, you know, two bloggers and a podcaster talk about something, then i got to check it out. That's exactly it, yeah. And, and what we just have is an organized process around that to identify those things that are hot and, and to, you know, essentially poo-poo those things that are not. My presentation tomorrow is going to largely do that. I get to sit on kind of the high fence and look at all of the reports that all of our analysts are doing and, and say, you know, in an Uber stance, what's, what's really going on. Okay, so I'm Sherry McConaughey from Extreme Halloween and Annie'sCostumes.com. And my question is, of course, e-commerce related. And with the economy the way that it is today... With the, with the downturn in the economy today, what's, what would be like your number one tip for e-commerce companies on how, how, to, how to deal with the limited spending that's happening in the U.S.? 
first of all, limited spending is a relative term. You're going to see overall retail figures over this year and probably well into 2009 take a pretty serious drop. E-commerce, on the other hand, is going to be rising, I, I forget what our e-marketer has, a, I think, a prediction of somewhere around 15, 14% growth. Awesome. That's not as high as it was, you know, a few years back off of, off of a much smaller base, but 14% is nothing to, you know, get too concerned about. But what it does mean is that people are spending less and they're being more frugal. So you want to make sure that you are being as smart about not just discounting, but providing special offers that are relevant to people, uh, specific people based on their previous behavior or, you know, what they check boxes before that says they're interested in such and such thing. So you're being really, really smart about targeting the messages, whether it's email or whatever other form of promotion. And also to provide the best possible experience you can, because with competition so tight between other e-tailers, everything you can do to keep that customer for life is... is is critical, Great but it's not—it's it's not terribly bad news for for e-commerce. It's going to continue to grow. You just have to be look look at you do your web analytics really well. Hire the right firm. I, I think part of the other answer is Canada the, is just across the border, and the economy is not nearly as bad. Their economy is actually very strong. Their dollar's stronger than it's been in years against the U.S. dollars. So even going to Canada, never mind Europe, who has like a two-to-one advantage over the dollar. So part of the answer to the question is maybe when and where you can expand your business internationally. Take advantage of that. Let's watch the levels. So. Yes, this is uh, Alex from alexdesigns.com, and I'm going to follow up with uh, e-commerce. What is your best tip to help with marketing as customer service, using customer service as a uh, way to leverage your marketing opportunities? You've touched on one of the things I'm going to talk about tomorrow too, which is the best form of viral marketing is either to have an exceptional, remarkable product, as Seth Godin would call it, a purple cow, or and or uh, having exceptional customer service. A lot of companies have differentiated themselves, like Nordstrom, on customer service. It's incredibly important online. One of the things that I think is a customer service is before you actually make a sale, necessarily, which is customer ratings and reviews. I am all over that. Bizarre voice. Yeah, bizarre voice or, or whatever you know technology or company you use. Right. Customer reviews are huge. Whether it's for a huge considered purchase like a hotel room or a, a flight or even just a, buying a, a cat cage. Right. People, if they see that you have both positive and negative reviews, they will believe you all the more. Even if there's the negative there, the negative says that you're allowing for negative, and then they believe the positive that much more because transparency equals trust. And, and I think that is the most simple thing that anybody... It's a social networking tactic. What it does also is that it sets, level sets the expectations. So if a couple of people have complained about a certain part of the customer service or whatever, people know that going in and they're going to be more forgiving. Right. So it can reduce returns or, you know, missed expectations and so on. Thank you. Mitch Joel from the Six Pixels Separation Podcast interviewed Brett Hurt from Bizarre Voice and he said something really amazing if a company shows the negative reviews it actually improves conversion up to 20% oh there's tons of statistics which I'll be showing tomorrow that it could be anywhere from 5 to 10 15 20 and up to 49% conversions depending on the product or service and by the way the, the highest rated products if you feature them on the homepage guess what you get more bang for your buck if people aren't in South Florida today, and they won't be hearing this until sometime in the future, we have uh, one more question. Pam, are you, you got a good one? Oh, sure. Say your name and uh, company. This is Pam Stein, president of Clientize.com. We do online shopping cart surveys. So my question to you would be, what are the three core questions that you would ask any website visitor who buys something from any kind of shopping cart? Is this a test? Totally. <laughs> I feel always, like you have the answer. Always and, uh, three. Always yeah, yeah, three. She is a researcher. Right? I'm yeah, a research, yeah. market research professional. What, what questions would I ask at the shopping cart yeah. uh, of the customer? I think the most basic one was would be, was this a satisfying experience for you, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole shopping experience? And number two, kind of in the net promoter score kind of thing, would you recommend this website to others? Mm-hmm. I, I would love to hear what your answer is. <laughs> 
two. That's only two. That's all I, all, all I can come up with on short notice. No, that, that was fine. That was fine. That was fine. Uh, my recommendation? Well, why somebody visited the site to begin with? What was if you the, didn't what, know that going in. Yeah, if you didn't know that going in, why were you there to begin with? And again, your, your question, were you satisfied with the shopping experience? Right. But the other thing is, what would you want to have better? What, what would you want to be better to have done on the site? So the one good thing, one, one market yeah. reference. If you're willing to, to listen to that and actually change something, implement a change, ah. I think that's a great thing. Yes, uh -huh. I agree. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, enjoy the evening here in Florida. Well, thanks so much to Jeff and Cheryl and Nicole and Alex and Sherry and Pam and everyone who's participated on the show. Um, Jeff, great to get your content. And if anyone's listened to the whole podcast and they email me, jay at 10goldenrules.com, that's spelt out T-E-N, goldenrules.com, I just may be able to um, get you some of the slides from Jeff's presentation uh, the next day, it was amazing. He, he, I think he went through about a, about 500 slides in 45 minutes and did a great presentation, including all the latest trends and statistics on what's happening in internet marketing. And he really put numbers to go with some of the trends he talked about in that interview. I'm just going to wrap up with the song of the week. And before I do, I'd love to hear from you for the next show. We have a bunch of open slots for the call-in portion. So please listen to the song, then call 206-888-6606. I'd love to know what's working for you. What are you doing with internet marketing? Maybe instead of asking questions, you guys can add some really great content that all of us can learn from. What are some of the new technologies you're using? Some of the new software? What's working in your online testing? 206-888-6606. 100% digital. Call any time of the day or night. It'll record your call. And I get it as an email mp3 file with the attached recording the song of the week is a favorite of the podsafe music network the band is called black lab from their second album see the sun this is ecstasy have a great week everybody Mind like a switchblade Heart doubled over in pain You let your body overflow Hide your instinct good and deep As the world just goes to hell Throw my clothes out in the street Hang me on your wall, yeah
Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call-in line 206-888-6606. is produced with Cast Blaster. Ten golden rules for all your internet marketing needs.